Hello and welcome to another edition of Tag Team Talks. Today we're going to be talking about documentation as code and linting pros. Uh, this is part three of our three-part series where we are going to demo how this works and show you it in action. If you haven't seen it already, please check out part one, which is a broad overview of what it is. In general, you know, creating tests that you apply to your documentation to improve your writing and ensure that you enforce your style guides. In part two, we talked about the various different linters that are out there from the most basic things built into Google Docs to the really powerful tool Veil that we're going to show off right now. My name is Michael Myers. I'm the Managing Director of TagOne Consulting, and I'm joined today by Lynette Miles, uh, our Principal Technical Writer. Lynette, welcome back, and thank you so much for joining us again today. I can't wait to see this in action. <laughs> you know, we've been talking about this a lot, and, and so, you know, I conceptually got it. You gave me this great sense of all of these powerful things that you can do you know, buzzword checkers, making sure we, you know, always refer to our products in, in the, you know, correct name and case, you know, instead of press a button, it's click a button, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing what you can do, but I haven't yet wrapped my head around it. And so I think seeing it in action is going to get me there. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see this. So let's, let's jump right in. I'd love to see how this works. All right. This means it's time to share my screen and hope I don't do anything really embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Let me just make sure I've got the right screen. All right. I'm going to start with pulling up the where Vale actually lives out in the world. Hopefully, is that showing right? Yep. Hopefully, it's showing. Excellent. Okay. So, this is the repository, the GitHub repository for Vale. So, like it says, it is a syntax-aware linter for pros, built with speed and extensibility in mind. And it absolutely is. So Veil itself lives. So this the Veil, this is the like the command line version here. A Veil server is actually is one is a thing is that Veil server is not is open source. You have to get a license for it. And I actually I haven't had a chance to try it out, but I really, really want to because it will, it's the kind of thing that will make it easier for people who aren't as command line excited, <laughs> you know, they're just not as command line friendly to be able to share things and run Veil in their browser and stuff like that. But personally, right now, I'm used to using Veil through the command line and I have it integrated with Visual Studio Code. So there's just an extension that you can install and then we'll run bail for you. So it's so, it's, free, it's free, it's open source and uh, the GitHub is uh, github.com slash errata dash uh, AI. Yes. So as I go in here, there's uh, styles. Here we go. So I'm gonna go into the styles directory. These are the styles that bail starts with that you, when you download Veil, when you, so you can do it just from the command line, it's like brew install Veil, it is that simple. And then you have, it comes with these styles. Um, there's actually an install guide, I think from the top level, but so I'm gonna look at 
like we talked about um, in the previous thing is about uh, right good. So right good is a, is a, is a, wow, I think that's actually a naive linter. I wonder if it's native, just be native. We talked about passive voice, like passive voice is so just pervasive in our language. It's really, really pervasive in written language. So this, so this, this, this is a YAML file. And it says, it will pop up, it says, you know, it looks for, there's the, I'm gonna, I'm sure I'm gonna get some details wrong here. Extends the, I think it's a class, the existence class. It lets you pop up a message, or not a pop up, but it prints out a message that says, this thing might be passive voice. Use active voice if you can. It ignores the case and it's a warning. So there's three levels. There's a suggestion, warning, and I forget what the red one is. <laughs> but that's an er, error, error. Um, <laughs> when you have your product name wrong, yep. or misspellings, or like curly quotes, like if you don't use curly quotes, because Google Docs is notorious for curly quotes. So when you copy and paste from Google Docs, everything is curly quotes. And I hate curly quotes. So we wrote a test for curly quotes. Stop it. So we can go and search and replace on it. So it does things like, you know, these are the most common passive verbs. And so it looks through all, well, and then it's got, you know, a lot of the very, very common, like this list is huge. So it's basically a dictionary file of all of the words that are, you know, typically used it when you're in the passive voice. Mm -hmm. And then it just flags it and says, hey, maybe you want to rebirth that. And I, I can't tell you how many times this has just made me had to stop and rewrite a sentence a paragraph <laughs> because sometimes like oh how do I reword that to be less passive oh I have to reword this entire okay but in the end when you're trying to communicate a task how to complete something writing it in an active voice is clearer and easier for a user to understand nearly all of the time the only problem problem that I've run into with this is that occasionally it, this looks for passive voice and future tense sometimes looks like passive voice so you click this thing this thing will happen so that's it's not it's, passive that's yeah. it's not a hundred percent accurate but it is phenomenal in in what it can do yes so just like it it doesn't teach you how to write but it encourages you to be better about what you are writing and when you've got, when you're trying to onboard, say, a junior writer, somebody who doesn't have a lot of technical writing experience, being able to basically, like, here's the thumb screws, you're, here's the hammer, this is going to hammer that style into you, you don't have a choice. I'm not even going to look at this with the number of errors that you've sent me. Go back and fix all of these, these types of things. Go, go do that. And you're spending, like, I, I hate to break it down to numbers, you know, monetary, just, but straight up, it's cheaper to make the junior writer do that than to make a senior writer, your principal writer. Like, you don't want me to be spending my time fixing passive voice when I could be writing lots of big content, right? That doesn't make sense. Like straight up, it doesn't make sense monetarily. That's Not when I could be writing lots of passive voice. <laughs> I could be writing, right, no, see, I have tests. So I catch those before I send them to my editor now, especially because I, you know, got caught with saying naughty words in my text one time. So, 
so let's see. I have, so if we look at, we were talking about, Michael asked in either earlier or in the previous section about buzzwords. We could do things like, here's this, yeah, corporate speak, these kinds of things. Like, this is fine in certain types of writing, but when you're trying to communicate documentation and feature use, these are things that you probably, these don't belong in your writing. Oh my God, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> these phrases should never be used. Synergy. <laughs> Ping me. Well, and see, and this, this is an error level. So I talked about like uh, the, the other one was uh, a warning. This is an error. Like this will show up as a red, don't do it. This is. So, yeah, this one always cracks me up. And uh, oh yeah, the cursing one. Like, yeah, that's, that's a handy one. I'm not going to click on that because, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. But, uh, and other like uh, cliches. Oh, interesting. There's one test I saw one time that was uh, it was not quite gendered, but it was it was kind of like testing for the ways you would refer to people. So when you talk about it, was the specific example was like the grizzled engineer. Like mm -hmm. that gives you a particular immediately. Like you're thinking of the the old school system and with the beard and the you know that's not the reality of today, right? Yeah. I mean, it never was the reality, but it is a stereotype. So there's somewhere in one of these, there's a test for things like grizzled or, you know, whatever. So wow. you don't want to, you know, have those kinds of, those kinds of things. These also check, oh, here we go. This is a good one. Gender bias. Oh, wow. Like, and this is a really interesting example because it's unlike, you know, the others, which were sort of like detecting words this gets a little bit more complicated because it looks for, it, it looks like, you know, programmatically looking for different things. Yeah. So it uses a version of go and it uses go the, I can't remember what flavor, but it uses the go one of the go versions of flavor of regexes, mm -hmm. um, which actually is great. And also one of the limitations, because the particular flavor that it's using doesn't do, it has trouble looking for two words together that you always want to have together. So like, and this is why, like, I have a test, I'm going to show a demo in a minute, that's going to be a two word, supposed to be two words. So like, our original example was that, like, Drupal uses the word modal to, for the pop-up windows, right? Well, Microsoft is, it's a dialogue box. So we were using the word dialogue box. So it's, it's not a box. It's not a dialogue. It's a dialogue box. So we put in a test that was just a warning level to say, make sure that this is dialogue box. Anytime we saw the word box or dialogue. So cool. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, you have these, you can you put together a regex and you can do all kinds of really awesome stuff with it. So direct so. matching to regular expressions to even more complicated stuff that we're going to get into shortly. <clears throat> Let's see how this works. Like, can, can you show it? I in can do it. Let me reshare with the correct window. Here we go. All right, here we go. So the big thing you have to actually configure. Oop, that's an old one. Look at that. Um, and and you're, this is, like you said, this is Microsoft Visual Studio with a plugin. Yes that's doing this. So there's an extension 
for Vale. There we go. And this plugs into the command line version of Vale? Yes. So it pulls in. So what you see down here that isn't making sense right now is this whole slew of junk down here. This is this is Vale giving me MERS. So there's there's an extension. So if I go back to my UI here. Here we go. I want this one. Get rid of that one. So this is my current one I'm using right now. So the styles path, I'm just telling it. This is my Veil INI file. If you're running Veil from the command line, you have to run it from wherever your INI file is, or it doesn't work. Just unless you've got, I guess, your path set up correctly. I apparently do not. What I've done here is I've got the basic styles that I'm using are right good, and I've created a tag one style that's just for things that I know tag one in particular wants. So, you know, if you look if on the left here, uh, under my styles directory, I installed this like long enough ago that some of those other styles weren't in it. So it just has, I just have right good. Mm -hmm. So it has things like the cliches, the passive voice tests, the passive that we saw on GitHub a few minutes ago. It has so things like. For your version like, to check it, you just have to have it uh, in this list on, on your server or mm -hmm. your laptop in this case. Yeah, okay. yeah, I have it in my local directory. So like if I'm working in, uh, if I was working in a Git repo, I would just I actually have this as part of my repo so that everybody who pulled down the repo would have the same set of rules. We would all be working on the same from the same base assumptions. So this is great. Um, you know, when you said this is, you know, it's a command line when you're giving us that overview, I was thinking, wow, that might put it out of the reach of a lot of people. But seeing this is, you know, it, it's it's totally, you know, WYSIWYG and, and uh, yeah. you know, a visual setup, you know, you know, like, you're not using the command line at all, you know, everything is, you know, right out for you color coded yeah. and, and beautifully put yeah. together in this editor. This is great. Yeah, I actually don't really like using it from the command line because the output isn't as nice. Sometimes I've done it to, for debugging, but I very much prefer to use it in Visual Studio Code. And, or, I mean, and there's, uh, I know there's a couple of other IDEs that people have made plugins for, but I'm forgetting off the top of my head what the, <clears throat> what else it's, that, that are plugins for right now. But, I mean, these are just, you know, these are the tests. We see these on the GitHub repo. So what I did, because I knew tag one was going to have particular things that other people do not, I created a spelling test. So this is just, this extends the spelling class method, whatever, that says, hey, check this spelling. And then I have a list, ignore all of these words. So I made a list of things that I knew that tag words that, you know, tag one uses in various posts. We use Ansible, Drupal, DrupalCon, Goose, tag one, YJS. These are all things that we see in blog posts and stuff like that. So if I use those words, it will just ignore these from now on. I, I'm dyslexic, so sometimes I mix up characters. So if I write, you know, uh, puppet correctly, it's going to ignore it. But if I swap two letters, it's going to catch it. As long as it's not the two P's. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you misspell it, it's still going to catch it. it okay. should, or it should catch it. So... Let me see if I can figure out which which one. So I wrote, I mean, I have this like ignore it if you see tag one quote. Cool. 
The other thing I did is I wrote a test to just look for, it's gonna look, it's gonna look for a substitution. It's gonna look for the word quo. If it sees it, it's gonna try, it's gonna tell me swap, use this, use tag one quo instead of just quo. So, so I don't have, so I, I have this as an error, not a, not a, I could drop that to a warning, but I mean, if I had the right kind of test written, I would, could put this in there and then I would never be, and if, you know, if you do the whole continuous integration setup with, you know, get, and you can do add GitHub actions and stuff to say that you can't commit this with this error, fix it before you commit. So things like that would never get out. Now, does it swap it for you? Do, you know, anytime it sees quo without tag one before it, does it? No. just change it or does it just warn you or in this case give you an error that says yo you got to change this it warns me so okay. this is this is a blog post that i was working on and i've put you know we're talking about drupal 7 extended support like you and michael gave a talk or sorry you and jeremy gave a talk at drupal con so this is a summary so at the bottom i said you know to learn more about tag one's extended support program you want to go look at this post about tag one quo. Now, so because I was talking about that you can't, it's hard to have it grasp two words and make sure it's always the right two words. I have it just to say, hey, you know, make sure this is tag one quo. So it's got right here, I've got in the bottom, this message that says, hey, be sure you're using this. And it tells me what line, what character, exactly where is it. If I click it, it will take me exactly to where that problem is. And so I, I can double check. Yep. That's great. Is so like it, it also says to tell like in this particular case, you, you wouldn't want to automatically swap it. Is there ever <laughs> a time where you want this thing to take over and, and, and change your writing or, or is that not even a possibility? I mean, I guess it depends on what you're really after because mm -hmm. there's cases where you're doing things like changing a product name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, but in that case, like if I'm doing that, I'm just going to search and replace. Especially if it's a full, like I've pulled just a bunch of stuff down from the repo. I'm just going to search and replace it. I don't really like to do that mm -hmm. a lot because there are times where you're using just the way the sentence structure works. And depending on how you're referring to a thing, you may mess it. It may, it may not flow right anymore. And you may be willing to accept that. Let, let's be honest. I'm looking for a, a program that's going to write for me. <laughs> Not just like, like when does the AI get to the point where it can just write my emails? But I, um, the email I sent you, it's like, here, what's this? No, 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 stop. So your, your recommendation as a professional writer is, you know, show the errors, show the warnings, but you should look at it and, and make a judgment as to, you know, how you want to put this in place. Yeah. Okay. So like, I mean, this is, a semi-technical post, but so if we like scroll down and we're like looking at how like widely used versions of Drupal or widely used versions of software, widely used versions are retired. Mm -hmm. This is true. This is like, there's not a good way to rewrite this in this context actively, mm -hmm. you so know. It, it finds the problem, but it doesn't say in this case, it doesn't say, you know, you should, you know, consider replacing it with this. Whereas like if you write policeman, it'll suggest, you know, maybe you want to write police officer. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so sometimes it so, gives you suggestions and sometimes it just says, hey, there's a problem here. Yeah, it depends on how you've written the test. So there's tests that like have a swap and there's some that are just like, maybe reword this. So there's things like, so it has a test called, you know, weasel. So you have words like, you know, it's likely this thing approximately you know, stuff like that when you're using words like likely and and maybe in technical writing it wants you you want to be specific, right? Like and when you're talking about like something this thing is probably gonna happen in this kind of a context, it's fine. But when you're talking about uh, you click this thing and maybe this box will show up. No, that's that's not good for your users. You want them to know what exactly is gonna happen. You want to be specific as possible these are i, I don't right. know so it does names. things like catches i love the names <laughs> right good weasel too wordy you know they're, they're yeah you know they're. yeah well i mean so the other thing is that like words it pulls up catches things like this there's uh you can add a test in for literal readability there's i'm gonna butcher the name but the flash flash is one of the two or three tests that you can actually add in that looks at your language, your style, the complexity of your sentences, and gives it a, a grade score. So you can see, like, approximately the audience you're actually aiming your 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 writing at. How so, do you how any any sense of how it does that? Is it like looking at you know you're using like really sophisticated words here, words that are more than so mm -hmm. many letters? Like, is is that the kind of stuff it's looking at? Yeah, and there's a whole algorithm for, now we used Felicia Kincaid before, I've used that one before. And so I think if I'm remembering correctly, and I mean, this is easy to find out that there, it does things like it looks at your word choice, it looks at complexity of sentences. So if you've got, you know, the short click the button, that's, you know, that's a lower, like, but when you do this, then this will happen. And as a consequence, blah, 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 that's a more complex sentence. So the longer the reader has to follow it and, the more things that are happening in a sentence, that raises the grade level. Okay. Until it gets to the point where you can say, hey, 25 words is too long. You really need to stop. And, you need to uh, stop and cut that in parts. Is there a recommendation for people? Like, is that something that's part of like the Microsoft style guide? Like we're targeting this grade or is it just something that like you determine, you know, for your audience, you know, you say we, we want to write in this fashion and target this grade level? We decided that when we did it before, we decided that on our own. That's not a Microsoft thing. Okay. We decided that we decided that on our own because, and then we ended up, because we were, we were trying to target like 10th to 12th grade level, really. And then we ended up with college and above level because there's just, in our industry, there's so much there's, I don't want to say jargon, but really, it's very specific to what we're doing kinds of things. When you start talking about PHP and, and MySQL and adding all of these, you know, run this command and all these things that are very specific to web development and web hosting and all these things that we do, you can't make that, you can't drop it. It's, it's really hard to drop it down to that targeted eighth grade or level or whatever. How, uh, yeah. Can you can, can you, you show uh, you, you you put an article in here? 
how, how do you get an article in here? Do you just like create a new document and paste it in? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you yeah, have to create so I just a made these. I just made some files over here. This is like, this is transcripts I'm working on from some of the, the, the blog posts or from the, from previous tag team stuff. So I'm working on transcripts so that we have that available for people who just want to read. And then this was the blog post. So yeah, so one of the reasons you have to be, you want to think about where you're using a style is literally this is like the, the kind of, when we talk, we don't necessarily talk the same way we write. So our good friend Preston, he likes to start his sentences with the word so. <laughs> and it's not just Preston. I'm picking on Preston because, you know. But, you know, people use that. They use the word so. When you're writing, this is not necessarily a good way to start a sentence. But, like, this is an error as far as Vail is concerned. I mean, and people do it all the time. Yep. And um, we use a lot of these very vague or you know, emphasis words previously and very and those kinds of things. And that's great because it's engaging when you're having a conversation. But it's less precise and specific when you're writing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you create you you import it into this program. Mm -hmm. uh, and then how do you run Veil? Like does it just happen or do you need to tell it to run or so with the extension in VSC, it happens when I save. So let me actually, so I've got a great example right here. So, so symphony. Symphony is a word that is specific to our industry, right? So I don't want it to tell me. So if, you, if we look, look in here, sym symphony. It says, is symphony actually a word? This is a spelling check. Symphony. Yep, we know symphony. Whoops, spelling exceptions. Put this in order. Symphony. I spelled that right, didn't I? Okay. So I'm going to save this exceptions file. It's no it's longer very tell important me that you spell things right in your dictionary. <laughs> right. And I have in fact screwed that up in the past, which is why you never commit your own code, like Greg says, his thing. Because <laughs> yeah, I did. I totally added the wrong thing to the dictionary, and I added it to the wrong dictionary. That was that was good too. Okay, so this was, I this is before I saved the new dictionary. So now when I save it this time, that error is gone. And you, now you're telling me that symphony isn't a dirty word. Symphony is no longer a dirty word. <laughs> so now anytime that I'm writing something and I use the word symphony, it will just ignore it. Cool, symphony is a valid word. Oh yeah, so yeah, coronavirus. I can add that to the dictionary. It will go away. It will stop doing. Whoops. I didn't see you run it. Did did you do that so fast that I missed Corona. it? Yeah, all I did was save the file. Corona. Ah. I'll do it again. Virus. So I'm going to add coronavirus to my spelling dictionary. Save that file. Go back to my post that I was working on. Okay, so here's coronavirus in the UI. Highlighted. Here's my error down here in the bottom. So if I just literally save the file. Come on. Save the file again. Really? Why aren't you working this time? Oh, you know why? Because I put spelling exceptions. It's looking for capitalized coronavirus. I need to change that. Now it's gone. Wow. So <laughs> are you resaving the blog posts or is mm -hmm. it? Okay. So you save the dictionary, you come yep. back to your post, you save it and on save yep. the plugin runs. On save the plugin runs. 
and then so I, I've, I had filtered it down. So there's no more spelling problems in this. So now I can go back to looking at all the other things. And it says that there's 30 warnings in here. Is that 30 what that, problems. 30 yep. problems. I mean, and I can like hide this window and it shows up down here too. Down here in the bottom of the. <laughs> I hide the window and the problems go away. <laughs> yeah, I wish, right? If only it were that simple. Um. And I mean, and, you know, and they're, again, they're not problems with this particular text just because of the style of text. If I were writing documentation, I would absolutely fix basically all of these. Is there a Gmail plugin for this, for Vail? I, I think Vail server actually works with, I, actually, I'm not sure, I don't know if it works with Mail, but I know it works, I'm pretty sure it works with Google Docs. That's something I want to actually experiment with that because right now when I'm writing things for time, I, I'm like, doing all the working, they're doing a bunch of work and then I export it to Markdown and then I paste the Markdown in here and I'm double checking it here and then I'm going back. And, so I'm like, it's not the cleanest workflow for me. Yep. Uh, but when you're working in like that docs is code sort of methodology, you're pulling down from your repository, like, you know, you're doing a git pull, you change your files, you run Veil, you make your, you, you make your uh, commit, you create your pull request and it's all part of that very clean process for uh, a developer. That's great. Or, well, you know, writers who are working in that kind of repository. Let's talk about licensing fees offline. If this is something the team can use, you know, and it's <laughs> reasonably priced, I, I think it would be uh, a fantastic investment in, you know, getting rid of, you know, we want to automate and smooth out that process as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I only have a couple tests right now for you. That's part of my, my background thing here. Add a test. Very cool. But this is where having uh, a company style guide, like that's the first thing that you want because you don't, otherwise you end up with this kind of mishmash of stuff. Like I know spelling, like I know these are words we're always going to use. These are just common words for, but there's so many other things that you can do as well that are dependent on just the way that every particular company operates. Do you like like your headings in sentence case, do you like them in title case? Do you like your bullet, you do like your list this way? Do you like it that way? You know, all kinds of different things. These are, these are like super simple examples. Yep. But as a junior writer, when you're bringing in a new person, being able to just be like, hey, fix all these little things, go do the thing. Or when you get like outside contributors, there's other companies like DigitalOcean, they have a lot of outside contributors and they run, they work with technical editors. So, you know, when you can run tests like this, you can say, here's these things we expect you to not ever send us mm -hmm. right off the bat. And it gives you that concrete starting point where everybody's working for the same. And it just cuts off editing time. It's, this is great. Um, really appreciate you uh, showing off how this works. It, it really closed the loop for me. Uh, I am going to download Studio and, and set this up. Maybe we'll do a tutorial on how to do that, and then I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> I, you know, I would be happy to, to, to write a tutorial for that because I can. I, I love this subject. I, we've given, you know, we did talks on this at uh, Write the Docs. There's the Test the Docs channel if, you, if people are interested and want to learn more about it. That's, you know, 
the Right the Docs community is amazing and friendly and one of the most inclusive communities I've ever been a part of. I, if this is the kind of thing people are interested in, there's people doing just amazing work in this space right now. That's great. Well, thank you so much for, for giving us a demo and a walkthrough. I, I can't wait to, to do the how-to. Again, for everybody, you know, please remember to check out part one, the broad overview of what these tools are. Part two gives you a great sense of what the different tools are that are out there and some of their strengths and weaknesses and, and where they're a good fit. All the links that Lynette mentioned, really you know, interesting finds uh, will be in the show notes. Uh, so be sure to check those out. If you like this talk, please remember to share, upvote, and subscribe. Uh, as always, you can see all of our tag team talks at tagone.com slash tag team talks. And we'd love to get your input and feedback and ideas on what kind of topics you want to see us cover in the future. You can reach out to us uh, via tag team talks at tagone.com. Uh, a big thank you to everyone who tuned in and joined us today and to you, Lynette, for walking us through all of this. That was phenomenal, really interesting. I, I, I think and hope that, that the people who, who you know, joined us got a lot out of this today and uh, look forward to the, the how-to. Thank you.